Welcome to episode 71 of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. It's been a while since I've shared an update on things here around the homestead and projects that we're doing around the house. And I realized that we've posted several blog posts and YouTube updates, but some of you follow me only here on the podcast. And so I thought I'd take you behind the scenes and talk about some of those projects and what our goals are for the fall and the winter, and what we're working on. This episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast is sponsored by Berkey Water Filters. We have had our Berkey Water Filter sitting on our counter for about 10 years now. When we were on city water back in our last house, it gave me such peace of mind to know that the Berkey was filtering out all of the viruses and bacteria, the chlorine, the taste is just amazing. Even here in our new farmhouse, we are on well water. We still use the Berkey. We've gotten used to the pure taste of water that you get from a Berkey water filter that is nothing like any of the other filters I've tried. I chose the Berkey water filter because of how many things and toxins that it filters out, but also the filter cost. It was the most economical system per gallon that I could find on the market, and I've been a happy customer ever since. Berkey has partnered with me and given me a special discount just for Simple Farmhouse Life podcast listeners. You can find the bundle deals that they have put together just for you over at bit.ly slash farmhouse Berkey. That's bit.ly forward slash farmhouse Berkey, B-E-R-K-E-Y, all one word. So get in on the bundle deal while they're still in stock. My name is Lisa, mom of six and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. You might be able to hear Bessie in the background. I have her tethered just on the trampoline right outside of the kitchen where I'm sitting because the grass was getting pretty long there and I like to move her each day to fresh grass and that hasn't been mowed in a long time and that's what we have going on in the back here. Now it's tricky because I have to keep her away from my rose bushes and any fruit trees. Once the leaves are fully gone, that won't be a problem anymore um, because then she won't be tempted to eat them because believe it or not, I always heard that goats were the land clearers. Turns out in our experience, at least with our little Guernsey, cattle like weeds and leaves as much as goats, if not more. So they pick through their hay and then Bessie eats what's left. So she is less picky than them. And when I put her in the woods, she eats so many things. Now, this is our first winter slash fall with a cow or even with goats. We got goats in the spring. So I don't really know how it's gonna work. I mean, everything's gonna die. So you all probably, if you're a homesteader, know how this works. I know when we were kids, I grew up on a farm, we just fed lots of hay. So I'm sure that's what we'll do. I don't know if I'll still tether her or what, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Now, lately we have shifted our focus more indoors and in our projects around August every year, and I'm hoping to get better about this, I lose all steam for anything pertaining to gardening and homestead stuff. Now I'm still pretty excited about milking and animals and things like that, but my garden just, I, I lose all my interest in it. I don't really care about preserving things and I need to get better about this. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna use an excuse of 
six kids in a business and homeschooling and whether or not that's an acceptable excuse i don't know i know from experience that what you value you make time for so i know it's probably just an excuse and you know if we lived in times where we couldn't access the grocery store i'm sure i would value preserving a lot more than i apparently do but once we switch over to homeschool, I start to think about fall, I start getting excited about projects and decorating and then psh, the garden just goes. Now I did pick a whole bunch of peppers last night and put them in a big batch of chili, so that was really good, but probably by about the time this episode comes out, we will be having our first frost, at least it's it's gonna happen any day. It's really early this year. Normally here, we get a frost around the third week of October, but we already have 30s in the forecast and it's not even October yet at time of recording. Well, actually, it's, yeah, it's basically October. So the gardening will be done whether I like it or not, but we've been working on cozy things around our house. So the first thing that we did in the last couple weeks was we built a hearth pad for our wood stove. So if you've been following along on Instagram and YouTube, you've seen the progress. First I shared the chimney, then I shared the hearth pad, and then finally we had our wood stove installed. Now we just need to chop some wood so we can actually use it. Um, we think this first year we'll probably just order a cord of wood because we don't have anything dry and ready. Now our our woods, our property, have so many woods that need to be cleared. So I know that it's going to be good to be able to clear it and then also heat our home, but we're just not there yet. Um, we did not prepare ahead. We'd like to, but we had so many other things going on that we didn't get there. Now, our chimney, it was apparently replaced at some point in modern times. So our home was built in the 1860s, but the chimney running from the basement all the way through the house is a cinder block chimney which wasn't invented at that time. And you can see remnants of the chimney or where the chimney started in the basement. You can see the brick on it. So it had originally been a brick chimney and then for whatever reason, around the 50s possibly was what our chimney guy estimated, they replaced the chimney. Now whether it was from water damage or who knows what the reason was, it had been replaced. So when we tore the plaster off of the chimney because the chimney in the entryway of our home was enclosed with plaster and drywall and layers and layers and layers, of wallpaper, so it had been covered a really long time. We realized that, we realized several things actually. One, it was cinder block, which we already knew because we could see it in the attic and in the basement, but also that it had been built out and expanded so that it would fill up the whole area. And you can check my Instagram to see photos of this on my Instagram, Farmhouse on Boone. I believe I shared my first chimney story or chimney photo around August 21st. They put plaster around not just the chimney, but also they built out a little wall to fill the whole thing out. So what you see now is not the real size of the chimney. The chimney is only about two thirds of what you see. And we made the decision because we could have tore that down and just had this off-centered chimney, but we decided that instead we would make it look as if it was that full size. So that is why if you see the photo of our wood stove, the pipe turns and goes into the chimney versus just going straight up and centered. It doesn't look as bad as I thought. I think we made the right call. So to get the brick look, we actually just covered the old built out area plus cinder block chimney with brick veneers that we got from Home Depot. So I, 
I really didn't intend for anybody to think it was the real original brick. Whenever I posted a photo of it on Instagram, I thought I had already shared about our chimney and that it was cinder block. And so whenever I showed it brick, I thought everyone was gonna understand that, you know, we had done something to it. But everybody was saying, keep the original brick because I was talking about painting it. And it made me realize that pretty much everybody thought that this was the original brick. So with that, I decided to just keep it instead of painting it because it adds tons of warmth from every room that I see. This color, the rich color of the brick just makes it look so warm and inviting. We use the Coney Old Chicago Brick from Home Depot. They're just these little thin brick tiles and they even make these brick corners so that on the side it looks like there's brick going all the way through but in fact it's just a thin corner piece. So pretty cool. You can see the video on my YouTube channel if you wanna actually see the brick going up on it so that you understand what I'm talking about. So we worked on that and then we also decided to build the hearth pad. Now the reason is we actually were supposed to have our stove installed several weeks ago and when he came to install it, he brought this ember pad is what it's called. It, it looks like it's just a pad. It's not decorative, it's not tile, it's just this black pad and if you want to see something like it, you can search ember pad. I also showed it in a recent YouTube video but it was so ugly. And so I was like, ugh, I really wanna see our wood stove installed today, but Mr. Chimney Man, we're going to have to put this off because I don't like that pad. And so he offered to come back a few weeks later and I told him that by that time I would make a decision on what we were gonna do about the ember pad. I almost just ordered the a different ember pad and kept it at that, one that was just a little bit more square and a little bit more attractive, but not much. And then I got to thinking about my desire for slate. So what we ended up doing was buying some slate tiles from Home Depot and laying them directly on some backer board. This was so that this can be removable so that if anybody wants, you know, in the future buys our house and they don't want a wood stove right in the center of the home, they can take it up and there'll be wood floor beneath. We were gonna cut it out and then I was like, really nervous about that decision. We laid it in a herringbone pattern, and now it looks really nice. Just outside of our kitchen, we have this cozy wood stove with a slate hearth, and I shared the whole process on how to build it on the blog and the YouTube channel. After that, the next project we worked on was the faux fireplace. I've been talking about this project for a really long time because back in, I think it was even pre-COVID, I purchased the mantle on Facebook Marketplace. I had it shipped here by UShip, which is just, it's kind of like Uber for shipping. So somebody can take the job and bring it to you. After that, I had to collect the surround and summer cover. I found an antique set at a local salvage place for 35 bucks. I had it sandblasted and then we spray painted it black. And next, all we had to do was lay the hearth, which we ended up using a, a few random things because I really wanted to do that project without buying anything. It was just, I wanted to get it done this week and I didn't wanna to have to wait. So I took the leftover slate tile, the four by 12s from the hearth pad. And then I also had some slate shingles from an old church that a friend brought me and I put those all together and made a little hearth pad. So it totally worked out. And then we used the leftover brick from the chimney. We put that behind the mantle and it all really came together. I also, you heard me talk about the art TV 
whenever I was talking, I believe with Deb from Seeking Lavender Lane on episode 50. Well, I was finally convinced and purchased it. It was a big purchase, but I knew I wanted a TV in the living room. It's just nice to have, you know, movie nights, whatever. And I wanted art above the fireplace and there was pretty much no way to do both of those without getting the art TV. Yes, you can find clever solutions for hiding it with art and for a, for a budget that would really work great, but I just wanted to get this project done. I also wanted it to be really easy so you didn't have to remove anything every time you wanted to watch something. It just flips between being a TV and art really seamlessly. I also loved the idea of being able to change things out. So I've popped up a fallish type of photo. Uh, at Christmas time, I plan to take a really nice family black and white, like snowy photo or something, or maybe the photo of the barn, something seasonal, and I can just pop things up there. So it was totally worth it to me. I was thinking, man, if I didn't even want to watch TV on this thing, I would maybe just buy it to easily swap art all the time. Probably not, but hey, it helped to justify the decision. The next thing that we're working on is, we have a few things actually, and I told Luke at the beginning of this week, we can we can decide between these couple of ideas. One is I wanna keep working on the living room. I wanna repaint it, which, you know, I thought I'd never repaint this house. I put it in all neutrals, so I'd never have to paint it, but it works in some rooms, but in some rooms, the beautiful trim just blends right in with the creamy walls around it, and I want it to stand out. And the living room is the first place that I wanna tackle because it bothers me the most. It's the most grand room in this house. It has tall ceilings, beautiful trim, trim, trim like I've never seen before. Huge pocket doors, and I want it all to stand out. There's even a transom window in that room, and so I am going to paint it. It's the first room I'm going to try to really make that trim pop, and maybe I'll move into other areas of the house if I fall in love with that. We also have some curtains I wanna hang in there, and so that's a room that we could definitely keep working on or the cottage. So last weekend, Luke spent some time tearing down the drywall in the top of the cottage or in the top level of the two-story cottage that's right outside of our home. We recently patched up the outside, we repainted it blue, we removed the old ugly awning, we actually have a roof guy coming to completely revamp the roof next week, and so, there's just a few things left to do to clean it up and make it pretty. First problem is that we had squirrels in the top of the roof. So underneath all of the upstairs drywall, there was all kinds of evidence of squirrels. Let's just put it that way. Even the wood is chewed up. So we have to really address that situation. We're thinking about putting up some kind of planks or shiplap or beadboard, we're not sure, but I want to fully embrace all things cottage. I find myself really drawn to, and I know that this is way out, way over, but I've forever loved that super country, almost shabby kind of look. I still love it, like whitewashed, wood and planks and layers of white and lace. I just, I still love that. Lots of quilts. So we are going to embrace that style and then we're gonna put up planks on the ceiling, paint everything white, maybe even leave the beams exposed. We're thinking that would add a little height. And then we're going to empty it all out because I have a bunch of antiques stored in there. We're gonna whitewash it all. And then I have something really fun coming up this weekend, which if you're listening to this, it's already happened but I'm going to go visit my friend Paige from Farmhouse Vernacular over in Kentucky. 
and we're going to go to an, an antique fair that she says is great. And so I am so excited that we decided to push forward on the cottage project, even though the living room project isn't finished, because this is going to give me an opportunity to have something to think about. I'm a one track mind type of person. I like to work on one project at a time. I usually don't like to leave things unfinished, but if the cottage is on my mind, there are so many things I now can look for at the antique fair. I'm thinking vintage rugs for the top floor and the bottom floor. I need a couch, like a small, not my long Victorian style. I need something small. I need a bed to put up top because I wanna make it a guest room. So many things, decor for the walls, lighting, all of it. It is going to give me something to think about this weekend. So that's all I'm going to do. I, I, I probably won't, I'll try not to shop for anything else, but it really gives me a purpose for this trip other than to meet my friend, which is awesome. So it's all cottage. Now, another reason that we decided to move forward on this cottage project is my sister is getting married here November 1st. So she got engaged in September, I believe, maybe August, August, September, October. Yes, August. And she looked into a nearby wedding venue that has a barn and parking and the price was pretty crazy. And she said, you know what? You have a beautiful barn. Let's do the wedding there. So I want the cottage to be fixed up because she wants all of her groomsmen and her future husband to get ready in there and then the girls will all get ready in the house. And so I'm really pushing on these projects. I want the cottage to be really adorable. I want candles lit everywhere, decor on the walls. I want the plumbing working because there's a bathtub and a sink and a toilet in there and I think it'd be really great for the wedding guests to have another place to go to the bathroom, not just in the house. And so the project is getting pushed way ahead and that's totally fine with me because it's adorable. There's a chimney in there that I also wanna get someone out to restore because it'd be cool if we could light a fire in the fireplace. And then after the wedding, I have plans of maybe we could move school in there put toys in a little basket upstairs in the guest bedroom portion that the kids could play, like the younger kids during school, and then we could do school on the bottom level. So it would it would normally function as a guest cottage, but then whenever, you know, our daily life, which is what it's gonna be used for 99% of the time, um, we could have it set up for school and toys and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited to move forward on that project, and that is what we are working on this week. My goal for this week is to get the ceiling finished, get it cleaned out, and get it whitewashed. And then after that, I can start filling it with pretty things. Now, another project working on is the roof of this house and the cottage. We've gone back and forth so many times on what we're gonna do with the roofs. They all need a little attention. We got a quote to remove them all and put on all new roofs. And then we had this guy come out and sell us on the idea of this roof coating that he says will make your roofs completely waterproof and last from now until forever. It's different from the coating that Luke put on the barn roof. It's apparently way more industrial grade than that. It's supposed to completely seal it up and be all you ever need. So he sold us on that. He's gonna come and hopefully it'll make the roofs look really beautiful because they'll be refreshed and then hopefully last forever, which would be great as well. That pretty much sums up the projects that we're working on currently. We are going to have a big work day out here soon for my sister's wedding. We we'll have to clean out the barn, add string lights and chairs, maybe get a new load of gravel. We'll see. We'll have to scoop some poop and make it 
not just a barn, but a wedding venue. As far as upcoming goals and projects, Finishing up the living room and then adding some more details to the cottage is definitely what is occupying my mind probably for the rest of the year. After that, I want to move into the guest bathroom downstairs. We had a cast iron tub sandblasted. We're gonna add a tub, a new vanity, and it will function as the laundry room, guest bathroom, and the boys' bathroom as well because we have a girls' bathroom, ours, and then that one. So that will be the next project after that, and I'm trying to not let my brain go much beyond that at this point. All right, so that's what we're working on. I'm going to do one segment here of Q&A which is my new thing. Um, I'd done it for a while and then I ran out of questions. So I'm going to jump into my Instagram and answer one of those. Okay, someone says, haven't heard about your gluten-free starter in a while, how is it doing? Wah, wah, wah. I let it die. Um, I have kept my main sourdough starter alive for 10 years now, but I don't really have a need for a gluten-free starter other than content for my blog. So I made it, I maintained it for a couple months. And then I said, you know what? I do not have enough time to keep two starters alive. So here's another confession. I also started kombucha, did that for a few months. Luke loved it. I let that die and I let my water kefir go. There's only been a few things for me that have persevered through all the years. Sourdough starter, sauerkraut, milk kefir. I have been making those consistently and constantly all that time. I bring in other things, I try them, they're great, like fermented carrots, pickles, jalapenos. During sometimes during you know summer I do those, they're great, but I only can keep so many plates spinning, both figuratively and literally, and I feel like as long as we're getting good gut healthy bacteria, I'm just going to do what I know and stick to what I know. Same with yogurt. I don't make yogurt all the time. It's just, it's so much to constantly think about. But you will always find kefir on my counter, sourdough and sauerkraut. And so we have a vegetable, a dairy and grain, and then that's good enough for me. Yes, it'd be good if I also kept up my kombucha and my water kefir and my jalapenos. And we always had all this fermented food, but in all reality, I do those three and then I just try to focus on whole foods beyond that. So lots of meats, vegetables, grains, all that kind of stuff from scratch, but basic. Yes, if I had more time, if I had oh, just time to spend in the kitchen endlessly, I love all those foods, they taste amazing. I love showing you how to make it so that you can pick and choose what works for you and your family and maybe get your three staple things that you find yourself making all the time and maintaining for a decade or beyond. Um, but for me, those are my three and I just can't keep much more going than that. So there's the honest truth. My gluten-free starter is down the drain. And I had my friend Paige actually message me and she was like, hey, when you come, will you bring some of your gluten-free starter because I have a gluten-free friend? And I'm like, <laughs> no. I really wish I had found someone to take it over who needed a gluten-free starter so that way it could live on somewhere else but it was one of those crazy weeks and I saw that thing sitting in the fridge with all of the hooch on top and I was like, I'm not gonna be able to feed you. I'm going to get rid of you. I don't wanna stare at your face 
and think about the fact that I'm not feeding you and you're dying. I'm just going to get rid of you. And so there is that story. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. If you do not yet have access to my subscriber only resource library full of all the things you need to live your own simple farmhouse lifestyle, you can get that at farmhouseonboon.com slash farmhouse resources. Thanks as always for listening and I'll see you in the next episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Thank you.